This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Finances or material wealth, but those things are included, of course. But it's more about your whole entire life being blessed and being prosperous. And right in Psalm 1, which we'll turn to in a minute, we can see that um, the psalmist talks about this man, or of course woman, child of God, as we could call it today, who is blessed. Because they walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. They don't stand in the path of sinners. They don't sit in the seat of the scornful. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, they meditate day and night. And the psalmist says that they will be like a tree, a tree that's planted by the river of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaves will not wither. And whatever he does or she does will prosper. So God wants you blessed. He wants you prosperous this morning. Amen. Let's just turn to Psalm 1 and let's let's look at that again together. Pretty easy to find, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper." You know, notice there in verse 2 it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And that's what I ask you today. I dare you to delight. That's the title of my message this morning. I dare you to delight. To not just do in the Christian life, because it's so easy to get into this way of, of doing. And I know that many times I've been guilty of this, of just getting into the, going through the motions of just doing. But it is important that we learn how to delight. Delight in the law of God, delight in the word of God, delight in prayer, delight in worship, and delight in the person of Jesus. So that's my my challenge to you and I this morning, is I dare you to delight. I dare you to delight this morning and see what happens, and see what blessing and what prosperity comes your way. Are we doing or are we delighting this morning? Are distractions oftentimes robbing us of delighting in God? Because that's what distractions will do. They will stop us from being able to truly delight in the Lord. What about ungodly thoughts? Like it says there in, in, in Psalm 1, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Sometimes does ungodliness or ungodly thoughts or messages from the world distract us from truly delighting in Jesus? I think so. Certainly that's what I find. But we must delight in Jesus. Because if we learn how to delight in Jesus, it will fuel our devotion. Because I think sometimes we struggle with the devotional side of it. Truly sort of finding a flow in, in, that, in those times that we spend with Jesus. But if we, if we find a way to delight in Jesus, it really will fuel a dynamic devotion with Jesus. Not just a, uh, a devotion with Jesus that is stuck. And it's stuck in a rut and it's stuck in one place. And there's no more passion. There's no more feeling but a devotion that is dynamic because we're in a relationship not just with the Word of God, but we are in a relationship with Jesus. And in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld him, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, which of course is Jesus. So when we relate to Jesus, when we relate to God in our lives, we're relating to Jesus where he is the Word incarnate 
And this is meant to be something that is alive and active. I dare you to delight this morning, to find a delight in your relationship with Jesus. There's two enemies that I see, especially in Psalm 1, two enemies of delight, two things that stop us from truly delighting in God. And we can see right away in Psalm 1, it says, Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So right away, the psalmist is telling us what not to do. And one of the enemies of being able to delight in the law of God, to delight in Jesus, is ungodliness, ungodliness in our lives. And there's two sources, really, that ungodliness comes from. Ungodliness and ungodly counsel, as the psalmist says, can often come through our thoughts, We've all had those ungodly thoughts coming to our minds. And that's, that's one, one way that ungodliness can get in through our thoughts. But of course, the psalmist makes clear we delight in the law of the Lord. And that's, that's that whole thing about renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. Meditating on God's word and renewing the mind. And that's how we deal with those ungodly thoughts is we just keep going back to the word. Keep going back to the word. And, you know, I mean this in a really practical sense, you know, um, how do we really deal with ungodly thoughts, you know, during the day or during the night or at any time? We've actually got to, like I said to you right now, don't think of a pink elephant. What do you think of? You know, you, know, you, you can't just empty the mind or not think about something that's not right. You've got to replace that thought with something greater. And the only thing in this world that's greater than all of those thoughts is the Word of God. Because the Word of God has a power that nothing else in this world has. You know, there's so many, um, you could go onto Google and try to find answers for every problem in life, and there's all people that are trying to give answers for all these different issues we have. But the Word of God is the only answer that works. Really, with all of the ungodliness, ungodly thoughts, struggles in our minds, the only answer really is uh, meditating on God's Word and allowing that Word to change us. And it really does change us because I said it has the power to change us. You know, when our minds are full of goodness, and I'm talking on a day-by-day basis, you know what it says in the scriptures, you know, whatever is good, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is just, whatever is righteous, meditate on these things. So as we do that every day and we fill ourselves with goodness, there's no room left for bad. That's what I find. Because we're human beings, we've only got a certain limited capacity. In, in any given day, you know, we get tired. We can only take in so much. Well, do you know what I would do? I would, fe- I would, what I would recommend is I think you should feast on the Word of God. You should f- try to fill most of your thinking in mind with, with prayer and with worship and with God's Word, so that you're for that day your capacity is pretty much full. And when there's stuff coming at you from the world or from within, you're saying, "Sorry, like I'm full here. I don't even have room to even think about that." So that's a key there to, to renewing the mind. Philippians four and eight. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There's a bit of echo in this mic. It's really distracting me. I don't know if there's any way of just reducing the volume a bit. That's okay. And of course, we're talking about two enemies of delight. We're talking about this ungodly counsel that the psalmist talks about, about walking not in the counsel of the ungodly. Because if we're going to delight, we've got to put away that ungodly counsel. So ungodly counsel can come from within, but it can also come from without. It can come from the world. It can come from our culture. 
And if you realise it or not, we are being counselled constantly by the messages that come from the world. It could be through the daily news, it could be through advertisement, television, movies, magazines or social media. But we are being barraged pretty relentlessly with a lot of messages. And you've got to ask yourself the question, how much of that is godly and how much is ungodly? How much of that is helpful to my Christian life and how much of that is actually an enemy to me truly delighting in Jesus? Are we allowing the ungodly counsel of the world to form our thinking, to form our decisions, and ultimately to form our direction? Because that's what all of that kind of subliminal, subconscious kind of messaging that comes from all of these things that we see out there in the world, that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to, it's trying to tell us what to do with our time. It's trying to tell us what to spend our money on. It's trying to tell us uh, how to live, how to look, how to dress. But hold on a minute. Is that... Is that what God is saying? Is that what God wants? We've got to be different. Because we're followers of Jesus, we've got a responsibility to divide between that which is right and wholesome and good for us and that which is not good for us. So I dare you this morning to delight. I dare you to delight. Let's, let's put this ungodliness to the side, whether it's coming from within or from without. And let's get, let's get into a place where we're, we're delighting in Jesus again. Amen. We're delighting in his counsel, his godly counsel. We're delighting in his word. We're delighting in his presence and his voice and his will and his blessings. And prosperity and blessing, true prosperity, true blessing from God will flow when we truly learn how to delight in Jesus. We can get so stuck just ticking religious boxes, you know, go to church, come to prayer meeting, go to cell group. Those are all legitimate and excellent things. They're, they're the basics. But if that's all we're doing and we're failing to delight, we're going to miss God's blessing. We're going to miss his favor. We're going to miss the pleasure that's found in his presence. As it says in Psalm 16 and 11, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I dare you to delight. I want to draw your attention to a kind of a plan and a path that the enemy kind of tries to form for us to follow. And if, let's just turn attention to Psalm 1 again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And if you look closely there, you'll see that there's walking and there's standing and there's sitting. And this is, this is really the way the enemy tries to get us tied into ungodliness in our lives. It's, it's a bit like um, uh, Eve in the Garden of Eden, the way the enemy just whispered in her ear at the start. But then that whisper led to desire. And as, as it says in James, when desire had conceived, it bring, brought forth sin. And of course, it ultimately brought forth spiritual death. And that's, of course, what the enemy's trying to do with us. You know, he's trying to, you know, as we're walking... You know, we're walking in our, in our Christian life, minding our own business. Those little thoughts are coming in from the enemy as we're walking. But his, his plan is as we're walking, that, that ungodly counsel that's coming into our minds or coming from the world, it's trying to get us to stop. In fact, it's trying to get us to stand. So we're, we're stopping from walking in the spirit, and then we're stood. And so when we're stood, we're susceptible to temptation. We're susceptible to sin because we're in the path of sinners. We're starting to contemplate 
sinning or we're starting to act in sin. We're, we're literally now, as the psalmist says, we're standing in the path of sinners. And then his goal, his, the enemy's idea is that we eventually sit. We sit in scorn. We sit and mock God and mock God's people. We get so embittered and so resentful about our walk with God or the state of our lives that we pretty much sort of give up in a way, just within our spirits. We might not even tell anybody, but we've kind of sat down, and that's what he wants. The enemy wants us not walking. He wants us, he wants us to stop in the, in the path of sin and invite sin into our lives, and then he wants us to sit down scornful and mock God and say, I'm done with church, I'm done with God's people. Or I'm, I'm, I'm done with this, Lord, I can't do this. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is that we delight in him. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaves will not wither. And whatever he does or she does will prosper. Amen. So one of the enemies of delighting is all of that ungodliness, which we're familiar with, and we, we know well what it's like to, to struggle with that and to deal with that. The other enemy of delight that I see that's more subtle in this psalm and in our Christian lives is the enemy of distraction. You know, you may say, well, I'm not struggling with sin. I'm not... Uh, really struggling with all these ungodly thoughts. That's not really where I'm at in the battle. But there's a more subtle enemy to delight, to delighting in Jesus, and it's that of distractions. Distractions. Because we're, we're creatures of habit, and we end up getting stuck in, in little ways. Um, and, and I'm talking about things that are really non-sinful things, and that's, I think, how we end up justifying these things, because we say, well, it's not sinful, so it's fine. Um... A bit like Martha, the story of Mary and Martha. And of course, Martha was distracted. That's what it says in, in Luke chapter 10. Martha was distracted by many, many things and much preparation. And what did Jesus say to Mary? Jesus didn't say, Martha, you're in sin. He simply said, Mary has chosen the, the better part. So maybe for you, it's not walking in the path of sin, it's not ungodly counsel, it's not sitting in the seat of the scornful. Maybe for you, it's distraction, just distraction. For you, it could be overworking. It could be overcommitment to church activities. It could be too much leisure time. It could be overuse of entertainment, too much TV, too much Netflix, too many apps, too many games, too much smartphone, too much tablet. You know with all the technology and everything today, you know, this, this can be a problem. Um, and, and on, uh, you know, there's, there's a special feature, actually, and I'll just grab this. Well, Ferns, I'll maybe use your iPad if it's on, if you don't mind. Well, Ferns, if you know, there's a special feature, actually, on all of these devices. And uh, I'm just going to demonstrate that to you. And for all of you that are into tech or into these devices, now, they all have it, whether you're Samsung, your, your Windows phone, your Android or Apple, whatever you are. You know, there is a special feature you may not be aware. Now, if, if you sort of run your finger around the outside of your device, you might want to get your phone out now and have a little look, is you will, you will actually find a little button here. It's not used very often. And you see, you know what I'm getting at there. And uh, now, if you actually, there's a special thing you do, there's a wee button up there, and if you actually hold that, now I haven't done this in months on my own, there's a special thing comes up that power off, and you can actually switch that off. Now, I'm obviously being funny, but 
you know, there is a power off button on, on all of this tech that we have, and the tech is very useful, of course. We, we can be more productive, we can be better organized, better scheduled with all of this, but, um, but there is uh, a side of it where we can be distracted, and sometimes I think we just gotta power it off, especially if it's a phone as well, just power it off. Because in order to delight requires time and attention and focus to delight in Jesus, we're, we're gonna have to actually count the cost. We're gonna have to make, it, make a decision and say, uh, uh, and, and I'm gonna have to do this, and we're gonna have to do this, is look at our schedule, look at our, and our calendar, and actually look and say, God, where can I, where can I make, a, make a, an appointment for myself? You know, because we, we're so quick to make an appointment for you know, Wednesday, okay, you know, 7 p.m., we'll go for coffee, or Thursday, okay, or Saturday. We give all these hours to legitimate and often helpful and good causes or relationships or friendships. But what about going deeper with God? Why don't we just make an appointment with ourselves and block book into your calendar time with me and the Lord just to delight in Jesus, to learn all over again how to put these distractions to the side, to overcome ungodliness in my life and learn to delight in Jesus. And that's, I dare you this morning to delight and see what God will do. Two enemies of, distract, of, uh, two enemies of delighting in God is uh, ungodliness and distractions. So I think that's about 20 minutes so far. So you're happy to continue listening, yeah? Yeah. I've got a bit more for you this morning. We look again at Psalm 1. Let's just read it again together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night, day and night. That sounds like a lot to ask because we all have legitimate um, commitments like work and uh, family and a hundred other things that are, take up a lot of time in our week and legitimately and rightly so. So how can we delight in the law of God? Well, of course, the psalmist, you know, only had probably portions of the Old Testament when, when that was written. But we've got, of course, the New Testament, and we've got, we've got Calvary and the, the cross, and we've got a resurrected Lord, and we've got a Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. So it's not just about reciting the Ten Commandments over and over again. It, it is about communing with God in the everyday. It's bringing Jesus into our everyday and learning how to delight in Jesus, at practicing his presence in a way running to him in moments of difficulty, talking to him in those little moments when we're driving our car or on the bus or we're walking, or it's putting in the, the headphones and walking around the park on your lunch break and, and listening to worship or listening to a teaching. It's communing with God day and night. It's filling ourselves with, with Jesus and everything that he is as much as we can, because that's what we are. We're followers of Jesus, and that's what we've committed our lives to, is to follow him and to love him and to commune with him and ultimately to bring him glory. That's why we're here, to bring God glory. I asked a mature man in the faith recently a question. I just had asked him this um, a couple of weeks back. I said, how do you stay connected to the Lord in prayer and fellowship over many, many years when the flesh and the world and the devil is going to fight you for it? How do you really just lock in and stay in that place with God? And what he said was, because you get to a point where nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. 
that's someone who has learned how to delight in Jesus, where it just becomes something that you cannot do without. And that's, that's the challenge this morning for us to get to that place where we can't do without that. And what blessings and what fruit will come from that? And, and I believe as we rise up to that as a church, we will see fruit, uh, just like it speaks of there, as being like a tree bearing fruit with green leaves. That's what we'll be like. I dare you to delight this morning. I want to talk about the tree, this picture of a tree. just want to give you a moment to take that in. And I want to just transition now to just look at the end. Well, in fact, I'm not going to talk about the end part of the psalm, but I'm just going to talk about verse 3. Uh, I'm not, my intention is not to, to work all the way to verse 6 this morning. It is, it's simply to go from verse 1 to 3. And I just want to talk about this picture of a tree this morning. And we'll look at our, our Bibles here. It says, He shall be like a tree. You and I shall be like a tree. The believer shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You and I this morning are fruit-bearing trees. That's the kind of trees that we are spiritually. We're designed, and we've got a destiny to bear fruit. That's what we're made for, to bear fruit and to have leaves that are green. Think for a moment about leaves and, and trees in the natural. Healthy trees are firmly rooted in the ground. They've got a regular source of water to drink from. Uh, a healthy fruit-bearing tree produces much fruit, and you can see the fruit at the right time of season hanging on the tree. It's a sign of a healthy tree. And of course, the leaves of a tree, if you saw a tree that had shriveled up brown leaves, you would think that tree's diseased or dead. But if the leaves are green, then you'd say there's an ordinary healthy tree. So even just looking at the natural, taking what was said in Scripture here and just looking at the natural tree, we can start to get a picture of what we're to look like in the, in the spiritual. And uh, Jeremiah as well, uh, the prophet Jeremiah, in, uh, I'll, I'll not give you the reference, I'll just read it to you for time. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. You and I are a tree, a fruit-bearing tree, and our leaves are to be green. They are, you know, even if you look at, at, at leaves, uh, the, what, what leaves actually do in, in the natural... Well, they absorb carbon dioxide and sunlight, and they turn it into chemical energy. Uh, they release glucose and oxygen. That's pretty much what leaves do. They release oxygen. Uh, and it says that most of the oxygen released as a result of photosynthesis is from water. And as we delight in Jesus, as we drink from the water source as trees, our leaves will be green because we're drinking from the water because our main source of life and oxygen that's going to come from how we serve and how we touch others and how we bless others is coming from a source. It's coming from not just ourselves, but it's coming from delighting in Jesus, not just doing, not just reading the, the Bible without looking up, without considering Jesus, without considering that rhema word from God, you know, the, the logos word and the rhema word that's been talked so much about in this church over the years. We've got to be flowing in that rhema word that as we read the word we're hearing from Jesus doesn't mean every day we're hearing a big voice from Jesus but we're in a flow 
And that, that comes when we learn how to delight. And the only way we're going to delight is if we get rid of the distractions and we say no to ungodliness in our lives. Amen. Bishop Joseph Hall, um, a bishop of, I think it was Exeter, 1600s, um, said this. Look where you will in God's book. You shall never find any lively member of God's house, any true Christian, compared to any but a fruitful tree. You and I this morning are fruitful trees. We're to be blessed. God wants to bless us and he wants to prosper us like fruitful trees. How's your photosynthesis? Are you drinking from the water? Are you delighting in the sun? If you are, your, your life will be emanating to others like those green leaves on the tree. Your leaves will be touching other people's lives and you'll be providing spiritual oxygen in a sense to others so that others can breathe in Jesus. Others can be touched by your leaves. So I dare you this morning to delight in Jesus and see what he does with you. God wants you blessed and prospered like the latter days of Job. They were greater than the former. I looked back actually when I was reading Psalm 1, I just, I just looked at the previous um, verse, a couple of verses, and it's the, end, it's the end of the life of Job. It says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than its beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first Jemima, and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Hapuk. In all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. Let's delight day and night. Let's learn how to commune with Jesus. Let's be like a tree. It's planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever you do will prosper. So look at your schedule. Let's be practical. Let's look at our calendars, our, our schedules, and let's block book some time for you and the Lord. And you may say, well, I do that. I do that here and here and here. We'll add another one in then. Because wherever you're at in the, in the level of following Jesus, there's always more. So if, 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 you, if you haven't really got a lot of quality time in the last two months, then just schedule some time in and start. If, if you're one of these people who is spending six or seven hours every other day with Jesus, then good. But there's probably more. Book another bit of time in. So that's the challenge. Is to let's, let's go home this afternoon. And let's go into our day and into our week and let's do something with this. I dare you to delight this morning. Amen. Let's pray. In your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Pray that our lives would bring you pleasure, Jesus. We would just be willing to just get rid of the distractions power off those things that are getting in the way that are robbing us of delighting in you Jesus that we would know that we can overcome ungodliness in our lives we can do it Lord help us to delight in you help us to be a church that truly delights in you Jesus 
not just does, but delights, Lord. Help us all to go out of here this morning, Lord, delighting in you and determining to go on into this week and put time aside to find a way to delight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.